It's time for my annual trip to the gym. You only go once a year? Yep. Arrive. Have no clue what to do. Try some random exercises. Leave. That's it. You should try FitBod. It's an app that builds a workout routine just for you, based on your goals, fitness level, and equipment. And a whole year of FitBod costs less than one session with a trainer. Wow. This has already been my most productive gym trip yet. Download FitBod today and get a 14-day free trial plus 25% off your subscription when you go to fitbod.me slash getfit. Hey, MEAC fans, it's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion? Welcome to the Fandrax Toolshed. If you love Dynasty Leagues and prospects, you came to the right place, because that's what this show is all about. Covering the majors and all levels of the minor leagues to give you the leg up in your Dynasty Leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clegg. All right, Dynasty and prospect fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode 23 of the Fantrax Toolshed with Clegg and Cross, powered, of course, by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have another great episode in store for you today. And with me, as always, from Fantrax HQ, the guy that passed on Juan Soto in an OBP league that he had number one overall pick in, Chris Clegg. Chris, are you regretting that move already? Yes, because he was hurt <laughs> at the time and literally... I, I had it set in my mind that if I got the first pick, I would take Soto number one. What do you know? I drew the first pick, and it was the same day that he had that darn injury, and so I was so torn about what to do. I didn't take the risk. I took Acuna, and then Soto filled a four, which was absolute steal by my buddy Ryan. But, uh, yeah, he'd like to have back. But I think I'll be fine with Acuna. I can't complain about that. No, you can't. You know, I'm, I, I give you crap for it, but no, you can't. <laughs> There's no way you can complain about getting Acuna anywhere, right? Because Acuna is an absolute stud. Uh, I had to give you a little bit of jab that for that, though. Oh, yeah. After you, you told me. I, I saw that tweet that you put out there, and then I just assumed, like, that ah, he, he still went Soto. Then you, you told me, like, 10 minutes ago, you're like, no, I want Acuna. I'm like, no! <laughs> like, Why like, would you do that? Just rip out my heart and stomp all over it. Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... You can find us on Twitter. I'm at EricCross04. Chris is at Roto Clegg and our show at Fantrax Toolshed. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or on your preferred podcasting platform. Those ratings and reviews mean a lot. And please check out our new Patreon. We offer a ton of good stuff in there, including extra written content from both of us, additional rankings, in-depth and trade analysis, uh, team and trade analysis, extra Patreon-exclusive podcasts, and much more. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash toolshed. And for those of you who got those last-minute drafts, you know, everyone's drafting up until opening day, check out the draft kit over on fantraxhq.com. A lot of great stuff there. And make sure you check out all the other good podcasts on the network, including my other show, Five Tool, SB Streamer, Triple Play, On Campus, Kick Around, Fantasy Hockey Life, and IDP. In case you missed last week's episode, and shame on you if you did, 
Chris and I gave a bunch of dynasty bowl predictions and are going to do the same thing this episode, but with prospects, which should be a fun time. We're going to start with pitchers and then go on to hitters later in the episode. So let's get right into it. Chris, what is your first pitching prospect bowl prediction? First take is that Simeon Woods Richardson is a top five pitching prospect this time next year. Yes. Okay. Again, the disclaimer, Chris and I have not seen each other's predictions, so we didn't put them on an outline or anything, so we're going to be surprised. But I knew there was going to be some overlap, and I had Woodrichton as one of mine, too, so I like this. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, he's been extremely impressive this spring. He was already a guy I thought that would take a big step this year, and then you see what he's done this spring. He's been absolutely dominant. Over eight innings, he is not allowed an earned run, only four hits and two walks, eight strikeouts. Over those eight innings, the stuff's impressive. The arsenal is good. I think he's got a solid four-pitch mix. Fastball doesn't wow you by any means, like doesn't blow you away. But he, he gets the job done. He locates extremely well. He's got good command. He's got the, the mix between the fastball, curve, slider, and change. He was one of the youngest players drafted back in the 2018 draft. He was just 17, taken by the Mets. We know he came over to the Blue Jays in the trade for Marcus Stroman and – Love the move for the Blue Jays. It's looking good for them. I think that Simeon Woods Richardson just really takes off this year. And I think that based on what we've seen, I wouldn't be surprised to see him dominate. I think he's on the fast track to the majors too, even though he is still young. He's only 20 years old. He won't be 21 until the very end of the season. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him debut in 2022 at some point, especially because, I mean, at 18 years old, he had already pitched at high A, you know, last year. He didn't. We didn't get a minor league season, but he progressed obviously at the alt site and instructs, and then here we are. Like I assume he probably starts in like double A this year, and he could really move quickly through the system. Especially Blue Jays. Blue Jays need pitching. Like they they're desperate for starters, and if he's performing, he may give him a little boost at the end of the year. He could, he might even come out of the bullpen towards the end of the year. It might be that might be a little bold, but he's got the talent. He's got the arsenal. Definitely see him making that jump. Yeah, like I said, I like that. One of my predictions, which I won't get into, but I, I put a, a few extra ones here just in case of overlap. Uh, where was my one on? Yeah, I said I said both him and Adam Klofenstein, who I like to call the cloth, jump 50-plus spots in prospect rankings. So definitely like that. My first one here is Logan Gilbert. I think he's going to be up in May. I think he's going to pitch very well, and I think he's going to be a top 100 pick in – every draft next year. He'll be like right where we're taking Ian Anderson. I think that's where Gilbert ends up. There's a lot to like with Gilbert. You know, there's a lot of chatter that he's going to be up early in the season, maybe not April, but probably by the end of May. And you just got to love the stuff, right? The big six, six righty with elite extension in that delivery. There's a chance I could get up to be a double plus fastball in time. He's got good command of it as well. This is a guy that has, above average command and control of his arsenal, which is a four-pitch mix that head up headline by that fastball. All three secondaries flash above average to plus at times. You know, he's got two distinct breaking balls in the curve and the slider. Looks pretty damn good this spring. All his pitches were looking pretty good. And I just think there's, there's a lot here. Like I said, probably a number two starter long term. I think he has all the makings of a number two starter with the arsenal, the command and control. You know, he doesn't look like he's afraid to attack hitters either. Like he knows he has good stuff, works that 
fastball up in the zone. A lot of late action on that. A lot of exploding finishing life on that fastball. A good downhill plane from the, the extension and his you know high um, arm slot or the you know his height and getting that nice downhill plane. Love, love, love Logan Gilbert here. Seattle's got a lot of good prospects that are about to come up. This is going to be a fun team to watch uh, this year, next year, as all these guys, Kalanick, J-Rod, you know, Trammell uh, coming up too, and all the, the arms, Gilbert and Kirby, uh, Hancock. This would be a fun team to watch. I think Gilbert's going to be up this year and could be, you know, a top five AL MVP guy. Or, sorry, AL Rookie of the Year, not MVP. AL Rookie of the Year. I go on that bold. Um, and then finish the year, you know, good ratios, plenty of strikeouts, and then be with one of those one of those guys that we're really targeting around pick 100 next year, like we are with Ian Anderson this year. So Logan Gilbert is my first bold prediction here. What's your next one, Chris? Very nice. Yeah, I love Gilbert, and we we probably are going to overlap on this one too. I bet. And I think that's uh, Matt Allen takes a similar no. jump. I knew I should have started with Matt Allen. I knew I should have <laughs> my next one. Damn. <laughs> And again, this was blind. We had no clue, but I think that these are obviously both guys. We like Matthew Allen's going to take a big jump this year, maybe even a similar one to Simeon Woods Richardson. And he fell to the third round because many were concerned about his signability issues. He had a high uh, draft price and he had a strong commitment to Florida, but the Mets ended up paying up for him. I mean, they gave him $2.5 million to sign in that slot, which was well, well, well over that slot value because they loved him that much. He's worked with Jacob deGrom. He was one of the youngest at the alt site, and he really stood out. In instructional leagues, he continued to dominate. The fastball is dominant. I mean, could potentially reach triple digits, in my opinion. Like, he he has the fastball to get to that, that velo, which is impressive. He's very athletic. He's got a great delivery. Gets easy velocity, too. It's not like he's forcing it. Like, he's just getting that easy, natural velocity. He explodes it through the zone. You, you watch the videos from the alt site and in the instruction, he's just blowing it by the Mets top hitters like Pete Crow Armstrong, Francisco Alvarez, Ronnie Mauricio. Like he's throwing that fastball high in the zone. Like you want to see pumping it 96 and up consistently blowing it by him. It's very impressive. He only pitched one inning this spring. Eh, it, it wasn't great. He had allowed one earned run. I'm not concerned about it. It was one inning, but he's very talented. And I'm telling you, he's going to make a big jump. The command is extremely good he controls the zone well and would not surprise me to see him also make a huge jump and he's got the talent to potentially be one of the top pitching prospects in the game as well like there's a nice little section of pitchers like after some of these guys graduate that are going to graduate early on this year it could go to anybody really like there's a lot of talent and so don't be surprised if Allen makes that jump and is right there in the conversation for one of the best pitching prospects in baseball yeah, no, that, that's a great point because I kind of said the same thing uh, recently because a lot of the top pitching prospects currently, most of them are going to graduate this year. Like if you just go down my list here uh, for pitching prospects right now, obviously Mackenzie Gore probably graduates, Pearson should, Sixto will, Manning probably should. I think there's above 50% chance he graduates. Anderson will. Uh, then you know Hancock, Lacey Meyer probably won't. Howard probably will. Gilbert probably will. So then you get, you know, Casey Mize probably will. So then you get like that cluster of you know, the, the big three from last year's draft, uh, Grayson Rodriguez, um, you know, Clark Schmidt could get up there if he doesn't graduate. But then it's pretty much wide open, right? Like all these guys like Matt Allen could get up there. There's a lot of guys that could get up there because there's, there's no clear cut. You'll, you'll add in, you know, Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter as well. 
Jaden Hill. But um, yeah, it's kind of wide open. There's no clear cut like, all right, this next guy is going to be the top guy once Gore is gone, once Sixto is gone. So like Matt Allen a lot, it, you snipe me. Like, I don't know how you snipe me. And, and this, isn't, this isn't even a mock draft, but you snipe me. So uh, good, good pick there. I know we were both super high on Allen. So I'll go to a different one here. Kind of a similar kind of prediction here. I think Daniel Espino could be a top five pitching prospect by this time next year. There's no doubting that the stuff is there with Espino. Anybody that's seen you know any video of him pitching, you know, whether you've seen him live or just on video, the stuff is there. It's, the stuff is filthy. The big-time fastball, both breaking balls look really, really good. I think the slider is a little bit more advanced than the curveball, but you know both are at least above average to plus offerings. But the rest of it's what has to come along, right? Like the changeup, while he flashes a good changeup, really need he hasn't really had to use it a lot. So again, just getting more reps with the changeup, better feel for it. I think it could be at least a major league average offering, which is really all he needs. Like when he has the other three pitches working, as long as he has that changeup there to keep hitters honest, you know, keep lefties honest, I think that'll be fine. Anything more than that's just gravy, really. And then the you know the command and control, obviously, like as a young arm. He, he needs the reps, right? He really, really sucks that we didn't have a 2020 season because I think it was to be a big developmental year for Daniel Espino. But at the same time, he is in arguably the best system for getting the most out of the prospect, especially on the pitching side of things. Like you see them, especially when it comes to like building their feel, building their command and control. If he was in Pittsburgh or, you know, some results, I would feel a little less confident. If he's in the Red Sox, I hate to say it, but I'd feel less confident. But the fact that he's in Cleveland gives me a lot of confidence that he's they're going to get the most out of him or at least close to it, better than other orgs would. So I think that'll come along. It doesn't need to be pinpoint, right? This needs to be average command, average control, which I think is definitely possible. He's, he's not far off from that. He's not like terrible, you know, got to walk like 15% of batters or anything like that. So I think just some slight improvements there, which I think can happen with more reps, especially in games, not just alt-site stuff or backfield stuff. Just getting in games, you know, facing hitters and real-life game action, I think will be very beneficial for Daniel Espino. And all the stuff is there. So I think he's, this is going to be a big year for him. Ethan Hankins, too. Um, I think he could make a jump as well. But I think if one of the two is going to be like – if, t- if you told me that a pitcher, uh, pitching prospect in the Indians org was going to be top five – you know, this time next year, my bet would be on Daniel Espino. So really like him moving forward. Who is your next one, Chris? Yeah, this one's probably one we won't overlap on because it's kind of a stretch, but it's a feel-good story. So I'm going to say that Brent Honeywell Jr. returns to form. He becomes relevant again. I don't know how good it'll be. Dude, it's hard to say. Did you have Brent a- Honeywell on your list? Uh, it, it, was, it was a combo prediction. So you're, you're, I'm, I got to make more predictions here. I guess I needed more pitching ones. My prediction here, I won't get into it. I'll let you talk Honeywell, obviously, was that uh, this time next year, Brent Honeywell will, will be ranked higher than Forrest Whitley. That was my kind of my fun little prediction. So, but go ahead yeah. with, with Honeywell. But yeah, it's like funny. Oh, we won't overlap. Yeah, we did. <laughs> what do you know? I thought that would be the one that we wouldn't overlap on. You, you said feel good too. I'm like, is he going to say Honeywell? <laughs> <laughs> but I saw your face. I saw your face. Yeah. I was like, either hates Honeywell or we overlapped. I, I, I still like Honeywell. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to forget that Honeywell was the best pitching prospect in baseball prior to 2018. Preseason 2018, every system 
or every ranking system had him as one of the top pro- pitching prospects in the game. He was extremely talented. He threw that nasty screwball. His arsenal was really deep with five plus pitches. The command was was solid as well. He never walked a lot of batters. This was a guy that felt safe to really hit, like be the guy. And that just shows you the risk with with pitching prospects. How quickly he fell off. And we look at Forrest Whitley, obviously, who Eric mentioned. He was the same th- same way a couple years ago. He was the can't miss pitching prospect right there with Mackenzie Gore and. We see how that rolls, unfortunately. Honeywell's finally coming back. It was He pitched one spring training inning. I think it was last week. It was the first time he had been on the mound in four years. It's unbelievable. It had been four years since he had pitched in a professional game. It had been that long. I don't know what kind of form he's going to return to. I don't know if he's still going to have the screwball. It's tough to say what his arsenal will actually look like at this point. I mean, he's had quite a few surgeries. But the talent level was there, and I'm just going to make the prediction that he returns that talent level and he can provide something. I think he's like a, a huge post-hype sleeper this year, and if he's if he's dominating, like if he even looks decent in the minor leagues to start the year, people might go crazy on him. So it's a good time, and maybe go out and snag him if depending on how he looks to start the season. Then he might be a great trade ship because someone's going to be excited about it. Everybody loved Brent Honeywell at one point, so right. that's my prediction. He returns to form. How good? Hard to say, but I think he can he can be a post hype type guy. I like it. Yeah, like I said, I still like I'm still in on Honeywell, and it's a good point too. Like, what does his arsenal look like? Because he had was I think six different pitches. Yeah, you know, pre pre everything happening to him. So you you kind of think that the Rays want him to like simplify that a little bit, right? Maybe down like four. You know, definitely not six. I'd be surprised if he came back and was still throwing six and. And maybe maybe one of those pitches that gets tossed was the screwball. But then again, I I read some things. I couldn't tell you what it was. It was a while ago when I read these like years ago, two three years ago, that you know, everyone like thought that it was a screwball, right? Because of the the motion of kind of twisting your arm the other way, you know, kind of coming over the top to the inside. That they thought like, oh, like that's that's got to be what caused it, right? But I read some things that like no, that doesn't actually put as much strain as you would think you know, when compared to like a curveball or a slider. So maybe the screwball is still there. Cause it was a good pitch. It was a, a plus pitch. Like he had a lot, like he threw everything, but the kitchen sink at, at hitters and they were all pretty damn good offerings. Like he probably had three, at least three plus offerings and a couple other above average ones that looked pretty good. So he's one that I'm really intrigued to see come back this year because he was top 25 overall prospect at one point in time. So Definitely a great get, you know, in dynasty leagues because you know you mentioned the price is basically free at this point because I'm sure whoever has Honeywell probably doesn't care anymore, right? They've been waiting for too long <laughs> for the last four, you know, years because he hasn't pitched since 2017 and then we're now 2021. So I think you can get them for a really good cost there. My next one here, I'm trying to think which one I want to go with here on my list because Chris keeps sniping me in every freaking thing i'll go i I don't know how bold this is but i'm gonna go with it anyways i think when we're we're gearing up for spring training next year aj puck is going to be a full-time reliever i think they are going to still give him a chance to start this year i see him getting a handful of starts in there but i just i don't see him being a starter long term the you know the fact that he's had a lot of injuries he said to deal with you know, the command and the control aren't great. They're not 
terrible. Like they're not like Corbin Martin bad, but I just don't see him having good enough command and control to really turn over a lineup, you know, two or three times. Right. But at the same time, while this might sound like a bad thing, I think puck can be an absolute weapon out of the bullpen. And I think we kind of talked about that with, with Ralph Lifshitz a few weeks back and the stuff he has, like he could be another Josh Hader type pitching multiple innings. Maybe he goes into a closure role. We'll see. I know teams that don't usually like to do some lefties as closures for the most part, but I think he could be a pretty good reliever, but I just don't see this, you know, the starting thing lasting much longer. And it's not like Oakland has a lack of options. It's not like they like need him to start. Like they have a lot of good, you know, prospects coming up there. Like Dalton Jeffries coming up now. Obviously, this had Jesus Lazar come up last year, so they, they're not like desperate to use him as a starter. They still got like Frankie Montas, Chris Bassett. So I think you know, seeing him out of the bullpen and what he can bring to the table from the left side, plus that big height he has. I think he's six seven or. So maybe even six eight. He's coming from that arm slot from the left side with the breaking stuff that he has. I mean, he could be a elite bullpen arm. You know, especially in saves and whole leagues, he could be like you know a top one hundred asset down the road in those types of leagues. But for right now, I think if you have him and you, know, you can probably sell him because people so are buying the starter price tag, which I think is still legit for right now. I, I just don't see that happening much longer. So. This time next year, Puck is a full-time reliever and never looks back. What's your next one, buddy? I think that's fair. Are you sure he's only six seven? He looked like he was eight feet tall the other day when I was. Watching <laughs> <him. laughs> you saw that? That was yeah. It's like is that like uh, Sean Bradley out there? I don't know if anybody <laughs> remember Sean Bradley, the NBA guy that was like seven yeah. seven in the nineties. But yeah, it's like mean. my my word, was he? Obviously, it was that camera angle that just kind of helped, but. Yeah. Like, what's the old saying? The camera adds a foot and a half. Is that the old saying? But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it made the batter look like he was like five nothing, Puck right? Was eight eight foot something. David versus Goliath over there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My next one is that Quinn Priester is a top fifty overall prospect. Yeah, That's I'm still gonna, another gonna, one of Eric's. I'm gonna reach for the freaking screen and smack you, dude. <laughs> Hey, I'm just timing this poorly. I, I was going like, ah, do I go Priester or do I go Puck? Good <laughs> thing I have extras. Quinn Priester. He was kind of projectable out of high school when they drafted him. The Pirates took him 18th overall in 2019. He had a good fastball, needed to add some velocity. The curveball was really like the calling card, kind of struggled with command a little bit, as most prep guys do. Like a lot of prep guys struggle with their command and developing changeup. And this past offseason, the reports have been absolutely stellar. We didn't see how a lot of these guys progressed, but Priester apparently made a huge jump. He was actually a late arrival to the alt site, but he was the most impressive prospect there, according to many sources. His fastball was up to averaging 97, got up to 99 pretty regularly during fall instructs, which was pretty impressive. The curveball is extremely advanced, like easily a plus pitch when you watch it. It's very impressive pitch there. The changeup is still a work in progress, but I think it's a pitch that if he does develop, he's going to be a, a really good starter. The changeup in the command going to hinge on that, but man, I can't wait to really see him. Like he's the one that I'll be watching really closely in minor league ball this year because if the reports carry over into games action, he's going to be absolute stud. You get a you get a pitcher, a starter at that that can pump that kind of velo, 
drop that kind of curve on you and then hit you with the change. A lot to like there. So Quinn Priester, top 50 prospect next year. Yep. Like that. Uh, I, I like him and Malone. I, Malone's another guy I like in that Pittsburgh org too. And Tanaj Thomas is up there too. Some really good pitching prospects there now. That that org is on the rise. Like that was a pretty bad like, bottom third org for you know the last handful of years. But you know, the recent guys they've they've acquired via trade, you know, drafting Nick Gonzalez definitely helps. So that definitely is a, an org on the up and up. I am going to go. I gotta pick another one here. Uh, Blake Wallstrom will be kind of the same kind of prediction. Blake Wallstrom will be a top fifty uh, prospect at this time next year. He's been one I've, I've been kind of on him for a while now because how can he not? Like, I just love, you know, the big lefty with projection. That's what he is. You know, around 6'5". Yeah, I've seen him listed anywhere from like 185 to 205. I, so I think he's probably around that 195 range, you know, a little under 200. Has already added a little bit of bulk. I think he was more like 170, 175 when he was drafted. So already added a little bit of bulk since the 2019 draft where he was a first-round pick. And, you know, I think there's a chance to have to at least two plus pitch. Like he already has one plus pitch. That curveball right now is plus. It's a low 80s. Um, with it's a high spin rate, low 80s curveball. Plenty of depth on it. That's easily already plus. Like that thing's abs- an absolute view. I could watch Blake Walston throw curveballs all damn day. You know, fastball. I think he still has room to add velocities. He kind of sits low 90s right now, but. I think he can get up into the mid 90s. Like he already gets up there at times. Like he can get up 95, 96, 97, but not consistently right now. But I think in time, more reps, more bulk, I think he could get up to like, you know, maybe sitting 94, 95, touching 98, something like that. So I think that's a good chance that that's a plus pitch as well. He also mixes in a slider and a change. I think both of those are at least average. You know, maybe we'll see if, if one of those kind of separates itself and then becomes a third, you know, offering. You know, third weapon, I should say, for for Walston. But right now, those are both at least average. And you know, for his age, like he just turned twenty. You know, he's a young. He was obviously a prep arm in the twenty nineteen draft class, so he's kind of inexperienced still. But shows a lot of polish for an arm his you know his age, right, with his experience level. So love that. You know, command and control are at least average. I could see them both being above average in time. Like I said, you know, he's got a lot of polish. So very advanced arm. Very advanced arm. Got the potential for you know, at least two plus pitches, a legit four pitch arsenal here. And Arizona has a lot of good pitching prospects, right? Like they just drafted, you know, Slade Chicani, Bryce Jarvis, already have, you know, Corbin Martin, Luis Frias, Bukowskis, Levi Kelly, Matt Tabor, you know, all of them. So a lot of talent there, but I think Walsh could be the best of the bunch long term. And I, I, I like Jarvis a lot. I like Chicani a lot. So that's, that's a statement of there. I like, I like those two a lot, but I think Walsh can be better than them. I think he's going to be a top 50 or so prospect this time next year. And they got us kind of flirting with that top 10 range, like right behind. Like, I think I like Matt Allen a little more, but I think Walson won't be too far behind them. So Blake Walston making the jump there to a near top 50 prospect. Let's go ahead and take a quick break here. We'll come back on the other side and give you plenty of hitter predictions. So stick with us. 
Hey, MEAC fans, it's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion? All right, welcome back from the break. Talking prospect bold predictions for 2021. Just gave you eight pitcher prospect predictions. That's a tongue twister. Pitcher prospect predictions. Say that five times fast. Uh, well, Chris, I think sniped me on three of those. <laughs> so let's go over to the hitting side of things. He's probably gonna snipe me with this one too, or at least once in this segment. But Chris, go ahead. Who's your? What's your first hitting prospect prediction for twenty? Sure, you don't want to go first, so I don't don't steal any of them. You know, what? I'll go first. You know, go what? first. I'll, I'll go it. first. Okay, hold on. Let me. <laughs> I don't get sniped again. But I'm gonna start. Like I have a lot. I have ten written down here for for. I had a lot for hitting side. I'm gonna go. Which one I want to start with? I'll go this one. Robert Hassel the third is a top twenty dynasty prospect. By the end of the year, the more I watch Robert Hassel, the more I love him. Right? He is, you know, he was one of the best pure hitters in the 2020 draft class, regardless of prep versus college bat. He was just one of the best pure hitters. Beautiful swing, lots of plenty of bat speed. It's smooth, clean mechanics. Gets plenty of torque. He kind of reminds me of Riley Green in a way, where I think he could be, you know, plus hit, plus power. You know, that power is still kind of trending up, but he's shown like the raw power is there. So I think it's a matter of fact of getting more, you know, minor league reps and getting some bulk on that frame. I think he could be plus hit plus power in time. Won't be a big speed guy. You know, Riley Green's not going to be a big speed guy, but, you know, maybe they add just a little bit, a handful of steals here and there. But just the fact that he can hit for 280 plus, you know, 20 plus home runs, just really polished bat. And, and you got to add in, he's in the Padres or too. And you always have that little bit of boost to the price tag, right? So maybe, you know, in a, in a neutral org player X is a, should be ranked 30th, put him on a Padres. They're ranked like 23rd, right? You just get that little boost. And I think and I'm not saying this to give him a boost that he doesn't deserve, but when you factor in it, I think he's a hit well this season and hit for average hit for power. And I look really good in, in the lower minors and then the fact that he's in the Padres org always helps. So I think top 25, at least maybe even top 20 being that same range with Riley green kind of like we're like maybe even as high as like, you know, 15th overall, I, I'm really that high on Hassel. I think if he brings, uh, if the power kind of shows up in games this year too, I think that'll even boost him even higher. So Robert Hassel top 20 prospect this time next year is my first one. Did I snipe you? On that one, you did not. So, ah, so going good. first didn't even ah, that didn't even matter. <laughs> you were hoping, you were hoping you to pay me back. You should have just like giving me like a fake reaction, be like, "Oh man, you snipe me on half." So it's me feel better, but that's all right. I got you. I got you on the next one. You probably actually will snipe me. We'll see. My first one is that Brian Hayes continues to stroke the ball like he is. He wins National League Rookie of the Year and is a consensus top 40 fantasy draft pick next season. 
Ooh, I Go like a little it. bold there. That's bold. But All right. Hayes has been surprising. I'll be honest. I was lower on him last year prior to the debut. I really didn't see the power coming, but he it just mashes the ball. And the spring results have been really stinking good. I mean, you saw what he did last year in 95 plate appearances. He had 376 four, with a 442 OBP and a 682 slug, five home runs, one steal. And then he, what has he done? He's carried it over to the spring in 49 plate appearances, 413 average, 449 OBP, 696 slug. Only one home run and two steals, but he's blistered the ball, man. I'm telling you, so far, and he's registered a lot of, not all stadiums register exit velocities. Like, not all the spring training stadiums have the the track mans in there, so they're not registering all the data. But so far, in he's played 15 games in stadiums that have stat cast. He's a 62% hard hit rate. 62%. That's, is that, that, was is, been, that, is that good? Uh, just, just a little. Would have been the best good. in okay. baseball last it's, year. It's like slightly, slightly above average, right? It's like a little bit well, above average. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely stellar. And the exit velocities have been extremely good as well. I mean, right now he's averaging 94.7 on all batted balls. And again, some aren't registered, but he's topping out 110 plus really good numbers. And it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him develop into – a 20 plus home run bat hit 300 steal 10 to 15 bags and 20 home runs is kind of soft at third base. But when you get the kind of production like that across the board, that warrants a higher draft pick. Like he might be the steal of draft right now. I've really tried to get him everywhere. I've been drafting because there's so much value there, especially at third base position. You don't get steals out of that position unless it's Jose Ramirez. And so the value that he can provide is very impressive. And I, I do think he takes a huge step. I mean, he's done nothing to make me believe that he can't keep that up. I pulled it up for reference. because I was curious with uh, Hayes' 62% hard hit rate. It would have made him put him second last year behind Tatis, who had a 62.2% hard hit rate. So, not bad. Yeah, not bad not at bad. all. So again, small sample in the spring, but pretty stellar in my opinion. I think that Hayes is legit. You get a lot of value at third base. He takes that next step, wins National League Rookie of the Year, and is a top 40 fantasy asset. That was kind you of know, You know, I don't hate that as much as I thought I would. Like, Obviously, I'm still a little bit lower than most on Hayes, but I have warmed up to him a bit. You know, I, I was once very low on Cabrian Hayes. Thought he was like one of those good but not great players. I don't think he's gonna be a star, but one thing you mentioned is getting that speed from that third base position where you usually don't get too much speed. Like you say, it's Jose Ramirez, and then probably second highest is some dude getting like five or six steals. So getting you know 15, 20 steals, but maybe I, I wonder if, if he still runs that much. If, if he's they put him as like a middle of the order guy getting third or fourth. Does he run as much? I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see if he still runs that much if they, if they put him in the middle of the order. But yeah, definitely like his all-run upside there. Just that Pittsburgh lineup around him is so bad. Like it's double A lineup bad. So, but I do like Hayes. I'm warming up to Hayes. So didn't think I would ever warm up to Hayes, but I am. My next one here is it's, it's a combo prediction, uh, but they're both from the same team, so I'll, I'll group them together. I think. At least one, maybe both, of Garrett Mitchell or head and or Hedbert Perez could be a top 
15 dynasty asset at this time next year. The really the the two hitting prospects that they're, they're, these are the top two guys in that system, right? And it's still a bad system, but it's definitely on the up and up. You know, Terang's solid. Ethan Small is kind of emerging. You know, Freddie Zamora they just got in the draft. A couple catching prospects. You know, Feliciano headlining that. So it's definitely an org on the rise a little bit, but mostly because of these two that they you know got Hedbert Perez last year, international, and then Mitchell in the draft, and. Neither one of these two have taken a minor league at bat yet, but Mitchell looked really, really good this spring training. I just put a tweet up about that a little while ago, and obviously 29 at bats in spring training means absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things, but I just like the the entire skill set that Garrett Mitchell brings to the table where if the power comes along, like the in-game power, because the raw power is there. I'd be willing to say he's above average to plus raw power, but just, you know, his approach, more of a line drive, gap to gap type of guy, you know, and that little hitch in the swing in, in the hips, that kind of zaps his power a little bit. He does have a home run this spring. He has one home run in 29 at-bats, three steals. I said hit, had 11 hits in 29 at-bats. So it looks pretty good, right? So if I think he could be above average hit tool, maybe even bordering on plus. I think the conduct skills are, are close to plus, at least above average. He's shown he's a very, very good athlete and a center fielder in the making, good defender as well. I don't know if he's a gold glove defender out there, but definitely an above average defender, plus speed, great athlete. And so the, if the in-game power is the X factor here, where if he's only an 8-10 to 10 homer guy in games over a full season, then this prediction won't, won't pan out. But if the you can start translating some of that raw power in games, gets a little more loft into a swing and gets up, even if he gets up to like 15 to 20 home runs with a good average, good OBP, plenty of steel, 25 plus steals. You know, I think there's, you know, the all round upside is there to be a very, very good, you know, fantasy prospect. So, uh, and I think he could hit the ground running, right? It's a collegiate bat, UCLA. So the price are, I don't know, maybe high A, you know, something like that. If he gets if he hits the ground running and shows you know any additional in-game power, I think he's gonna make that big jump. And then Herbert Perez, you know, you just everything you read about him is positive coming up of Milwaukee's camp, you know, from last year to this year in spring training. He made that diving catch the other day uh, out in the outfield where he's laid out going going back to his left. Like that's not something you see a lot of 17-year-olds doing in spring training. So that's just really impressive. And you see in, in the box is you know taking batting practice and whatnot. The ball, it, it, that sound. Like everyone talks about like that sound, and he has that sound off the bat. It's just that that distinct, different sound that comes off his bat. You know, powers. You know, power is there. Speed is there. You know, it'll see how is he hit, right? Because that's something you I can't you can't grade right off the bat with these the international guys, where you don't have any game footage from Dominican Republic or Venezuela or wherever it may be. All you really have is like those backfield, you know, Twitter or YouTube videos. I'm just taking batting practice, hitting, you know, 60 mile an hour meatballs, 400 plus feet. You know, I can almost do that. No, not really. But, you know, you, you get what I'm saying here. So I want to see him in games, but, you know, all the tools are there. The raw tools are there for a big breakout. And all the hype's already there, right? The hype is already building. I think James Anderson was kind of the one that started leading that. So props to James for being on, on him. Uh, earlier than most, but the tools are there for a big breakout. So I think we could see huge, huge breakouts this year from Garrett Mitchell and and Hedbert Perez. So 
like that a lot. Like those guys a lot, I should say. Yeah, Mitchell's been extremely impressive this spring, just what he's done. He's hit the ball hard. I think he's kind of silenced some doubters there. Yeah. I mean, he's going to raise his launch angle. I mean, he hits the ball on the ground a lot. He'll figure yeah. that out. He hits the ball hard enough. I think he's going to tap into that power like that a lot. And I'm going to go kind of negative, actually. And this is a really toolsy guy who I think is going to fall off a little bit. And that's Christian Robinson, who we've spent a lot of time hyping for the last several years. Because I, I almost went, I almost went with Robinson too. Yeah, I mean, he's one. got all the all the tools in the world to be in a high end fantasy asset. Like, I mean, Luis Robert type stuff with his power speed. He's got huge power. He's got plus speed. He's got all the tools in the world, but the approach is just questionable. He strikes out a lot. He doesn't make great contact. He really hasn't shown the ability to hit for great average over any like a long span of time. And so like I have legit concerns about how long like this can maintain before he falls off. Like maybe he takes a step forward. And I hope he does. Like the talent level's really, really good. And we, last year, I mean, he was a late arrival at camp. He had uh, struggles getting back in the country during the pandemic. So he got in Arizona late, settled in. He was said to be a little overweight. Then he slimmed down and lost all the weight. Then he gained back muscle weight. It's just like a this huge fluctuation of weight, which is kind of weird. Uh, they estimate him now at 6'3", 200, which is like, you know, I mean, that's like wide receiver, like what you want. So he's like a physical beast, which, you know, again, leaves him the ability to be a monster. But the one thing that we don't know is did his hit tool develop? Like, did he improve the hit tool with the outsider instructs? Not sure. We don't know that. But with where he was prior, I'm just not seeing it. And I think that he continues to struggle, then he's going to fall down rankings pretty quick because he's been top 20 for most for quite some time. He's just kind of set in that range. But when when does he drop? And that's my concern is that the hit tool just isn't there. And the tools just the loud tools just are exciting, but do they really develop in anything? So I do think he falls down rankings this year. I think that he might be a sell high. We'll see. I mean, as the minor league season starts, he could come in and look good and totally blow this take out of the water. But with where I'm at right now on him, I am fading Christian Robinson. Yeah, that's a good one. I think a lot of people are just because of the, the contact issues, the approach issues. So, yeah, he, he's slowly – I still have him top 25, but he's slowly sliding down my rankings because everything you hear has not been great, but we'll see. He, he's that type of player that could turn it around though, but we'll see. I think this year, this year will be a really, really big year for Robinson. One way or the other, right? Either, you know, kind of like we were saying with like glass now last week, it'll be like, all right, he's either going to be, you know, cement himself as a, as a top 10 prospect again, or he's going to be a guy that just falls off the charts. If these issues, you know, continue here in 2021, my next one here. I kind of this one's gonna be a little bit bold, kind of like your Hayes one, where it might be a little too bold, but hey, this is bold predictions podcast, so why not? Taylor Trammell. I think that at this time next year, when we're drafting our 2022 teams, that Trammell's ADP will be in the vicinity of 100 overall. That might be a little too bold, but I I've still been a guy that's on Trammell. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking I'm, I'm not the only one that's still been on Tramel. You know, he has fallen on my rankings a little bit, but the tools, I'm still like the one guy's, you know, someone that's been backing him because the tools are still there. 
like maybe he's, you know, we overhyped him a bit. You know, that's probably a fair assessment. But, you know, this spring he was very, very impressive. Uh, as when we're recording this, his slash is, where do you guys lost him? 302, 388, 628. He had three home runs, five doubles, two steals in 18 games. You know, one gig, he's a start and opening day. He's going to have to obviously produce in order to keep that. And, you know, for those of you out there like, wow, he's just holding it down until Kellen comes up. I don't think that's necessarily the case. You know, I, I think you could have an outfield of uh, Trammell, Kellenick, um Haniger, and then like Lewis DHing or something like that. So I think there is room for both Trammell and Kellenick in this outfield this year. And just like I said, the tools are still there. And he's not going to be a big power guy, though. He was showing pretty solid pop this spring. But I don't think he's going to be a 20 home run guy. Maybe he's, you know, 12 to 15. Maybe at peak he gets up, you know, 17, 18 range. We're kind of like in the, in the teens range for home runs, 12 to 18. But the speed is there. He's plus. He's a good athlete, plus runner. You know, he's stole over 20 bags every one of his minor league seasons, dating back to 2016. And yeah, the conversion rate wasn't great, but like he got caught eight times in 28 attempts in 2019. So he's going to have to kind of fine tune that a bit, but above average hit tool, a high walk rate, you know, over 10%, you know, keeps the strikeout rate in check. So I, I think he's just a lot of a, a good path to some fantasy success this year. If he can, obviously he's going to he's gonna have to start hogs. If he's hitting, you know, 220, Getting into May, I think maybe they'll bench him, demote him, triple A, whatever it may be. So he's up to hit to keep that spot. But I think he can. You know, so I'm I'm going off of what he was prior to 2019, right? Now he was a bat, he was kind of down, you know, 234, 340, 349 slash in 2019. Before that, he hit 303, 281, 277. OBPs were in the 365 to 375 range. So he's always walked at a high clip over 10%. Did, you know, only time he didn't was in his rookie rookie ball back in 2016, but even that was only a hair under 10%. So I think he could be this this year, you know, 10, 12 home runs, push 20 steals, you know, solid average, and get, get him up there kind of where Kyle Lewis is now. So like ADP, what's he at, like 125 or so, I think. So I, I think if Tremel does all that, he's a guy that could flirt with up 100 ADP this time next year. You're 100% right. And I'll find the timestamp. I am not faded Tramiel at all. He was at 50th overall prospect for me at the end of last season. Still love the skill set, and yep. I feel good about this one. I do feel good about that. I, I know uh, Ray, Ray Butler, too, is a huge Tramiel guy I've seen. So, yeah, there's, there's still some of us out there that have been still on Tramiel right. for good reason. Yeah, uh, the talent level's there. So this is the next guy. I think that he takes a step and becomes – a top 25 prospect. And it's a, a young guy by the name of Luis Matos. And I was chatting with Chris Welsh and he asked me why I had Hedbert Perez above Luis Matos and both uncertainties, obviously both talented athletes have skills across the board. And, you know, I struggled to answer his question. And I said, well, they both have, uh, well, Hedbert, we have no data on like no, nothing at all. Matos small sandwich said, well, Matos has done it before. Like Matos at least proved it in game that he could perform. And in 2019 at 17 years old, he got 290 plate appearances. 
He slashed 367, 438, 566, hit seven home runs, stole 21 bags. Matos has plus raw power, in my opinion. He has plus speed. The hit tool has a chance to be above average, in my opinion. We never got to see the chance for him to really break out in 2020. Like I think he could have because he would have had a full season over here in, in minor league ball. But he apparently really dominated instructional league. He just turned 19. I think there's like you talk about a five tool player. I think Matos can be that guy. I think he ends up sticking in center field. He's pretty natural there. He gets great bat speed. He recognizes the plate well. I think 25 home runs is not out of the cards if he develops right. And you're looking at a guy that can also steal you 20 plus bases with a solid average. Like that's really going to play. So Matos is extremely exciting for me. This will be a guy I'm watching extremely close this season and one that I really think it's skyrocket. So Luis Matos, top 25 prospect entering 2022. My next one, I don't know if it's super bold because he's already pretty highly ranked anyway, but I think it might be bold that he's going to leapfrog a few guys that are ranked above him right now. I think at the end of the season, C.J. Abrams will be the number one prospect in baseball. He said he's already top 10, so I don't know exactly how bold this is, but I think for the most part, people like Bobby Witt a little more than him, like uh, Julio Rodriguez, Marco Luciano. So I think he's going to leapfrog all these guys and be the like the unquestioned, I'll put that in there, the unquestioned number one prospect in baseball, especially for a fantasy perspective, because we know, you know the story with C.J. Abrams is the hit tool is there, it's plus, the speed is elite, and we've seen the power is coming. Is we're like, all right, if the power comes along, he's gonna be really special. He already is, but he'll even be more special, and it's coming. We see sort of in spring training, hitting opposite field home runs. Like you gotta feel good about that. In um, you see the video of him and you know Hassel hitting tanks on the backfield. It's like the power is trending up, and that was like the final piece to the superstar puzzle for C.J. Abrams, and you know obviously another Padres prospect so that's a you know gonna help definitely with his ranking but i just love abrams so much for fantasy purposes this of all the tools i just mentioned where this is not a profile you see a lot like this is like a potential like trey turner type of profile down the road where it's just not one you find very often and you know corporate carol is another one kind of like that just the big time speed guys with the plus hit tools the floor is pretty high on Abrams too. So like, I don't think there's like a lot of boldness in predicting this because, you know, he's still going to be very, even if he doesn't reach this lofty plateau that I'm saying, like he's still going to be pretty good. Right. Cause the floor is so high because of the hit tool and, and kind of the, the polish that he showed the advancedness of the plate. So I think this will be a big, big year for CJ Abrams. I think he's just going to go absolutely bonkers in the minor leagues, you know, put up 15 to 20 bombs, 30 plus steals hit for a high average, just tear it up, and you know he's be a guy. All right, Kalinick's graduated, Wander's graduated. More than likely, he'll graduate. So I think we're like, all right, new number one next year, CJ Abrams. So like I said not too too bold, but you know I think he's just gonna leapfrog some of those guys above him. So love that you know Abrams for next year. I love him in general, but I think he's gonna make that next step next year. Yeah, I like that a lot. And this guy I think has similar power speed that I'm gonna mention. And that's Jaron Duran who. Takes a big step forward for your socks. He's yes. Looked, he's looked good this spring. He made a major adjustment last year at the alternate training site with his batting stance and where he placed his hands pre-pitch. 
And it's really paid off. Like you've seen him, we, we've known him as a plus runner, developing hit tool, even maybe even a double plus runner. Like he's capable of, in, in 2019, he stole 46 bags. I mean, very impressive with the speed he has. And then we, there was always the lack of power. So we only hit five home runs in 2019 in 132 games between double A and high A. But he's really been impressive. He's already hit two bombs this spring, hitting 293, stole two bases, got a 561 slug, which is pretty impressive as well. He's faced some pretty good competition, honestly. Baseball reference is a cool thing where you can look at opponent quality. It's like the quality of pitchers he's faced. But if Duran gets to average game power to go with that speed, he's going to be a very solid fantasy asset. Now he's not, he doesn't have the hit tool that CJ Abrams does by any means. So, I mean, if he did, he would be a high end prospect, but I still think there's at least an average hit tool, if not a little better, I could see him easily hitting. I don't know, two seventy. If he gets to 15 to 20 bombs, steals you 20 plus bags this is very valuable for fantasy purposes. So Jaron Duran guy I really expect to take off. This year, I think he's up, hits the ground running, and a solid contributor this year. So it's somebody that you might spend some fab on this season even. So Jaron Duran, AL MVP is what you're saying. That's what my <laughs> that's what my Red Sox brain heard there. <laughs> no, I definitely like that. And Duran, obviously, is, is a great prospect with that added power, which is really kind of like the final piece of his puzzle, right? Like he showed the good hit tool, the good speed. So love to see that the power gains that we kind of heard about last year have stuck in, in 2021 here in spring training. And that's what I wanted to see to move him up even more, right? I moved him up a bit last year when I heard those reports. But I was like, All right, I'm not going to go crazy here until I see it like in game action. And I've made that next jump in, in my rankings with him. He's pushing top 50 overall for me now. He's just because of what I've seen this spring training. So definitely love Jaron Duran. Love that he's kind of come along because he was really fun to watch early part of 2019 when he was just tearing up a ball. So I think it's up to my neck of the woods and absolutely stunk. So I was like, oh, well, you know, hopefully, hopefully it was just because of, you know, it's Eastern League, it's cold weather, it's a pitcher friendly league for the most part. So I was like, all right, hopefully that's it was just kind of like a blip in the radar uh, for him. So a minor speed bump in his progression. So love that prediction here. I'm going to go one, let's go one more each here, Chris, wrap up the show. I got a few to pick from. Honorable mention, I'll get to these before I get to my last ones. I think Bobby Dahlbeck gets 40 home runs this year. Uh, I think Drew Waters falls out of the top 100 prospects and is traded by the All-Star break because there's just no spot for him in Atlanta. So that's another honorable mention here. But I'm going to end with – I'm going to go Jordan Adams vaults up in is a top 25 dynasty prospect at this time next year. He's one where it's always been about the raw tools, right? Even back when he was drafted – it's like, all right, the speed is obviously elite. Like He's an easy double-plus athlete with the, that speed. And the raw, power, the raw power is there, too. He could be a above-average plus raw power guy. He's kind of shown that, that that power speed one is still very, very robust. But it's, you know, how does the hit tool come along? That's always been the kind of the question with him, the X factor with him. And I think it kind of still is, right? A lot of those concerns are still there. But he has made some, you know, progression at the plate you know he walked a good amount last year well over 10 percent or 2019 i should say and last minor league season he slashed 257 330 351 369 so like the in-game power wasn't really there but he's still showing the above average plus raw power 
the speed. Even he hasn't been like a burner on the bases, right? He's only stolen 21 bags in 138 games, but I think this the raw tools are there. That I think this year could be the year where he kind of puts those all together. You know, the hits for a, he's not going to be a high average guy. Like even if he makes more progression at the plate, uh, you know, with his swing and miss, which he's got made a bunch of pr- progression there already, right? Like he got, got the K rate under 25 percent in 2019, so that was promising. He kind of cleaned up some of the mechanics where he kind of had a hitch in his swing where the hand slot was kind of weird and made for a longer swing. That's kind of been cleaned up. So you're seeing some of those, you know, the advancements there that, you know, have been very, very promising. So this could be the year he puts it all together because if he does, like this guy, like the raw talent is so immense, so off the charts with him that if he, if he does put it all together, it's going to be a beautiful thing for fancy purposes. So you know, the power, speed, solid enough average. It was a pretty solid OBP. You know, even though he's, he's only hit 259 so far, that's, that's with a 353 OBP. So I think he could be a little bit more valuable in OBP formats. Maybe he's like a, a poor man's, uh, I don't know if I say Lewis Robert, but kind of got this, you know, maybe not the highest in average, but just that big time power speed one that we love for fantasy purposes. So this time next year, Jordan Adams, top 25 fantasy prospect. Chris. Close us out. What's your next one? All right. Here we go. Final one. Uh, this is my favorite player probably from the past J2 class, and that's Pedro Leon. And I think Pedro Leon surprises a lot of people. Right now he's not like on a ton of radars. I mean, he's going in like the top 30 of FYPDs. But I think the hit tool is better than people give him credit for. So I think he comes over, and he's advanced because he's going to turn 23 in May. Most of these international prospects are much younger. I think Pedro Leon comes up and makes an instant impact in the minors. And I would not be surprised if we see him up by the end of this season. Might be really bold, but the Astros don't have anybody. Who is right. going to play in the outfield for them? Other, than, I mean, you've got Kyle Tucker, and they, they're they going to start Miles Straw, right? I mean, they've got uh, – they don't have anybody. They need someone out there that can play. And I think there's a good chance that – if he matches during the season, minor league season, that he could be up towards the end of the season, especially if they're contending and need a bat. I mean, you look at what he did in the Cuban National Series at 20 years old. So this was a couple of years ago. Hit 15 bombs in 152 plate appearances. He stole seven bags, and he slashed 383, 467, 789. There's talent, and I think that he makes more contact than people give him credit for. I think that's kind of the – kind of this t- lagging tool for some. Like there's clear plus power to the pool side, according to a lot of reports. He's got speed as well to be at least an above average runner. I think that the knock is that he can be kind of impatient at the plate from time to time and at least to some strikeouts. But I also think that he does also show times where he waits on his pitch and he drives those pitches and he can, like I mentioned, the pool side power. So I do think that he shows off. I think that he's a player that I want. I've wanted everywhere in FYP. He's trying to get him. Hopefully, he hits the ground running. He's kind of smaller right now. He's 5'10, 180. So, don't know how much more growing is left in his frame at soon to be 23 years old. But I do think his bat's capable of playing at the highest level. Maybe a little bold to say he debuts this year, but I don't think it's completely out of the question at all. Would not surprise me a bit if he did come up and, and get some time. So, we'll see where he starts this year in the minor leagues, but Pedro Leon got to watch out for. I don't know where he lands on prospects list next year, but 
real talented guy. I think he makes a big jump and a guy that I'm very high on. So that's my last take. Pedro Leon, big step forward this year, surprises a lot of people. And with a good one. Yeah, I like Leon here. There's no doubting the talent. It's always just intriguing how these, you know, the Cuban guys translate in, into the major leagues or into the minor leagues, I should say. But I like it. I like Leona a lot. You know, I almost went with uh, Woman Diaz as, as my last one. I think he's at a pop. You know, a lot of intriguing names from this this past international class. So you could see a few of these guys pop this year. But yeah, that's going to wrap up this episode. We hope everyone enjoyed it and that it was beneficial to you in your dynasty leagues. Again, you can follow us on Twitter. Chris is at RotoClegg. I'm at Aircross04. And our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. Check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash Fantrax Toolshed and all of our written work at FantraxHQ.com. We'll be back with you again next week with some, this will be our first ever episode next week in regular season game action. So very, very exciting. Not sure quite what the topic will be yet, but it'll be obviously something good. Hopefully maybe talk about some debuts of some prospects. We'll see, but until then, everyone take care. Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy or life-saving vaccine? Pioneer Aerospace Excellence? Take your hospitality tech brand international? Montgomery County, Maryland is where you can do all that and more. Use our ideal location next to D.C. Diverse world-class talent and our vast business resources to be the next company to make your mark and transform the world. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com. That's bnext.thinkmoco.com to learn how we can help you create something remarkable. Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy? Pioneer Aerospace Excellence? Start a global hospitality brand? Be next to do it in Montgomery County, Maryland. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com to see how our top talent, diversity, and location will help you be the next company to change the world. I love the playoffs. Anything can happen. But the best part? It's like bonus football. And bonus football means betting bonuses with Gambit DC. For a limited time, get up to a 57% multi-sport parlay boost on the Gambit DC app, online, or at any Gambit DC retail location throughout the district. It's the most exciting time to be a fan. So make your play and get the whole field advantage with Gambit DC. Limited time offer, terms and conditions apply. Please buy responsibly.